Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to head on over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You can check out right there. We got some interesting polls going on as well as the show chats. You can get up there, give your opinions and thoughts over there on Facebook. Again, that's Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We also got our Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show is our handle on Twitter. Be sure to head on over there and follow us. And as always, you can go over to our website, website. Easy for me to say, thekenreedyshow.com. we got lots of blogs and info and all sorts of good stuff over there on thekenreedyshow.com. So be sure to check that out. Uh, first off, just to get some, uh, some housekeeping out of the way, um, next Sunday, even though there is a WWE pay-per-view, we will not be on due to a scheduling conflict, i.e., it's my dad's birthday. So I'm going to be hanging out with my pop, celebrating his birthday next Sunday. So we will not be doing a pregame show next Sunday, but be sure to tune in tomorrow night, tomorrow night for our special Raw pregame show. That is going to be jam-packed because we'll preview the pay-per-view coming up next week. Hell in a Cell will preview Raw, and I will obviously have some reaction as far as what happens at Bound for Glory uh, tonight. So tomorrow night's show is going to be jam-packed. Be sure to check that out, 6.30 Eastern Time, right here thekenreedyshow.com, so be sure to check that out. Um, and the other thing i got to get out of the way is apologies for last Monday's show. Uh, I still am not totally clear on exactly what happened. Uh, everything seems to be working on my end, so it seems like the, uh, the uh, mistakes or the difficulties were on the end of blog talk. So uh, blog talk, damn it, get your act together. Uh, but yeah, that's where we run this show through blogtalk.com. Uh, so I don't know what happened there. Uh, I 
sent some messages over to the, the help desk, so to speak, over there on Blog Talk. Have not heard back, but we're on the air tonight, so I don't know. Maybe no news is good news, but we're back. So apologies to everyone who was uh, set to listen to us on Monday night as uh, things did not work out the way we wanted to. But we are back tonight. It is a Bound for Glory Sunday. We got a whole lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff you guys are chatting about on the Facebook. We're going to get to right off the bat. But first, as always, my tag team partner on the line, Dave, how you doing this fine Sunday evening? I'm doing wonderful. Ready to uh, get back in the saddle because Blog Talk took us uh, – took us off the air for whatever reason so uh tonight's uh tonight i mentioned to talk wrestling so uh hopefully we can uh, scratch that itch amen brother yeah it was it was tough it was frustrating uh on monday not to be able to to get the show in but we're back here tonight and like i was saying check us out over there on the facebook.com slash the ken reedy show a lot of interesting chats and uh you know one of the things that was really interesting this week is uh realizing that uh well, that I'm getting old. But realizing that it was actually the 30th anniversary of Jimmy Snuka going off the top of the steel cage uh, against Don Morocco. Uh, and uh, it is such an iconic moment uh, in, in pro wrestling history. Uh, honestly, uh, arguably, maybe the most iconic moment uh, ever in the history of wrestling. Um, which prompted us to, to throw up there on the Facebook, uh, what is your top five uh, most iconic moments in wrestling history? And you guys right over there on Facebook, Pat Crowley on his list, Nuka vs. Morocco in the cage, Hogan Andre, WrestleMania three, Ric Flair retiring at WrestleMania, Foley, Mick Foley going on, off the top of the steel cage, Shane Douglas throwing down the NWA title. Derek Emanuel says Hogan slamming Andre. Taker throwing Foley off the cell. Savage kissing Liz after winning the title. Jake Fredo, Hogan slamming Andre. Guerrero beating Lesnar for the title. Punk beating Cena for the title. Money in the Bank 2011. Shane O'Mac. Here's one. Shane McMahon leaping off the Tron and Mankind getting tossed off the cell. Mankind making it a... the list multiple times, amongst others, Charlie uh, Kalenki, or Clank, sorry, I'm mispronouncing your name, Monday Night Raw, the night after Owen died, uh, Joe Mikos, Foley off the cell, uh, Guerrero and his friend at the end of WrestleMania 20, Jericho's WWE debut, uh, HBK for kicking Ric Flair into retirement, Shane Douglas again, dropping the NWA title. Uh, Mike Ferrara, friend for Mike Ferrara, Hogan slamming Andre, HBK, uh, Bret Hart, the Montreal Screwjob, Austin beating HBK at WrestleMania 14. He also goes on to say Hogan beating Macho Man at WrestleMania 5, and The Rock beating Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Andrew Romano, Triple H versus Flair, and HBK versus Flair. Uh, Dave Selinski gives us Hogan beating the Iron Sheik. Flair winning WWF title, Douglas throwing down the NWA belt, the Montreal Screwjob, and the Raw after HBK retired Flair. So some great iconic moments in the history of pro wrestling. Uh, lots of interesting stuff out there, Dave. Curious, when you when you came up with your list, who, ma- who made the cut? Um, well, I tried to. I mean, we could talk iconic, and we can talk shocking, and we could talk most memorable, but... To me, iconic, at least in my opinion, 
first and foremost, let me just get this out of the way. A, the, a lot of the moments that our listeners and the people on the Facebook thread had made mention of, I truly believe that they are right and justified in some way. But to me, in my opinion, when I look at iconic, I think of moments that um, you see in a highlight reel for years to come and moments that in a lot of ways change the wrestling business. Um, one moment for me, and I can go down my list, but um, Hogan, Hogan slamming Andre. I remember as a kid, it was all about Ken Hogan beat Andre, but more importantly, Ken Hogan slam Andre. And in front of 93,000 people at WrestleMania, he did that. And a lot of people really didn't think he could slam Andre the Giant and get him off his feet. Um, looking back in history now, um, and you see a lot of the older footage that comes out on the WWE, you know, on-demand channel and their, their vast library that there were other individuals that had gotten Andre off his feet before Hogan was even a thought. Um, but as a kid at, you know, four years old, I didn't believe that Hogan could do it. And if he did, he would have been, you know, the greatest of all time in my opinion, and I got to see that. Um, another moment, the, um, the ladder match between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. Um, it was a match that was never seen before on American television. At one time, Hogan, or I'm sorry, excuse me, Michaels had a, a ladder match with Bret Hart, and it was not seen on on uh, WWE television. It was like a it was a it was taped for like a, a home video exclusive, and not a whole lot of people knew that. Um, so seeing that match, a first of its kind, and how great it was on a stage like WrestleMania was huge. Uh, the Hulk Hogan heel turn at Bash at the Beach. Nobody in their right mind thought Hulk Hogan could ever, ever turn to the dark side. And he threw everybody for a loop. I mean, as a kid, I had a couple options. I thought it could have been Lex Luger. Because at that time, Luger, Luger's allegiances weren't exactly um, firm. He was kind of friends with Sting, but he was also managed by Jimmy Hart, who was manager of the Dungeon of Doom at one point. Um, a lot of people thought, myself included, that it could have been Bret Hart, because Bret Hart was not under contract with the WWE. And uh, they took you for a surprise with Hogan, especially when, um, you know, Hogan was announced as one of the candidates to face the Outsiders, and he wasn't picked. I was really surprised, but I wasn't so sure why that was the case. Um, and then he comes out and he turns on everybody and he joins, you know, and he forms the New World Order. And he, that moment helped change the wrestling business forever. Um, I, to be honest with you, I forget what the other two were. What, did, what else did I? Oh, Piper smashing Jimmy Snook over there with a coconut on Piper's pit. Um, you didn't see anything like that. Usually business took place in the ring. Um, especially on WWF television at the time. And you saw something that was kind of groundbreaking and, you know, something that hadn't been seen before at that time. And Piper aligned in some ways with a lot of the, uh, the, the ethnic remarks regarding Jimmy Snuka, and you really saw, like, a vicious beatdown. Like, as a kid, I thought, I thought Piper really hated Snuka, and Snuka really hated Piper. And... Uh, that they kind of went overboard. I remember watching it, and my grandfather was saying, "Oh, that, 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 it can't be, it can't be that, you know, it can't be that bad. It, it, there's something, there's something more than what's going on." And he he thought that maybe you know it went too far over the line. Um, and what was my fifth one? Do you have that on on? Uh, yeah, you on had Flair uh, being well. Well, Dave is in transit right now, so Flair uh, beating Harley Race at Starcade '83. 
Yeah. Um, that was a changing of the guard, and uh, Harley Race was one of the, you know, the, the, the greatest NWA World Heavyweight Champions of all time. He had virtually been unbeaten for a long period of time, and the buildup towards that match was um, Harley Race put a bounty on Flair and just kept putting more obstacles in his way to get to the title. And if you know the backstory, the backstory was that Harley Race had a falling out with uh, Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA, and he almost didn't show up to Starcade that night, and he almost didn't, you know, do the honors for Flair. But the stories I've heard is that he went to Flair and said, "I'm doing this for you, kid. This is for you tonight. This is all about you and, and moving you up." And to me, in my opinion, people could people could say differently that this happened before, but that made Ric Flair right there. Ric Flair was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion before that night. He had beaten Dusty Rhodes, but it was a short reign, and the board of directors kind of were back and forth on it, but that was the moment that really made Ric Flair, in my opinion, and he went straight to the top from that point. So to me, there's plenty more, but those are the five that come to mind. It's interesting because you you didn't have Snuka off the top of the cage on your list. Um, I wasn't old enough to see Snuka jump off the top of the cage until later years. Um, I mean, it's something that hadn't been done before, but I, I was not old enough to see Snuka and Morocco and their feud, and later years watching it and appreciating it and and realizing that that was the the feud that drew everybody um, into, uh, it, it, you know, it, into the garden to see all the shows. At the time, Backlund was the champion, and I think he was wrestling Pedro Morales or um, even superstar Billy Graham at that time. I'm not 100% sure who he, was, who he was headlining with, but the real money was drawn with Snooker in Morocco. And that was also a sign of that the mid-card can draw and work and be players too, and it's not just all about the heavyweight champion. It's interesting. I mean, it, it is tough because there's so many moments that you can put. And that's, you know, it's one of the reasons, you know, it's funny, and I'm glad, like, our, our, our fans, they, they abided by the rules this time because, you know, like one one of my pet peeves, honestly, is when we'll throw stuff up on the Facebook and say, you know, what's your whatever, what's your top three matches of all time, and then people will list like ten matches. It's like, no, part of it is like actually sitting down and saying, if you had to limit it to a number, you know, someone someone has to get cut, and that that's a tough thing. Like when you come up with lists and rankings and whatever, uh, you know, that there are moments that have to get cut. I mean, when I when I came up with my list, uh, one of the things, like I, I said right off the bat, was like I just didn't want to put deaths, anything, any of those in, in my list. As much as those were, like there were a few, obviously, that are very uh, iconic, very, you know, struck me. And, and that, that was just my criteria. I know there was uh, the uh, Owen, uh, Owen Hart, uh, the Monday Night Raw afterwards, uh, Charlie Clinky or Clink um, mentioned that. So, I mean, that was definitely a moment. But I, I kind of wanted to steer clear. Uh, from from that those type of moments, um, for me actually the interesting thing was uh, you know Foley coming off the cage did not make my top five. It didn't make your top five, and that is like one of those really iconic moments. But uh, for me, I, I had the Montreal screw job, uh, just the way that all played out. The Mr. McMahon character coming out of that 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 made my list. Uh, the interesting thing that and I didn't it wasn't anywhere on the list, but it stuck out for me. Um, was the, the Monday Night Raw when we found out that uh, WCW has been bought. And that moment where, uh, you, you know, you saw the camera on both shows and WCW, Nitro was on Monday Night Raw. 
that made my list. Hogan slamming Andre, Hogan turning, uh, forming the NWO, and Jimmy snuck off the cage to round out my top five. So, uh, you know, it is tough when you, when you have to put a list together with top five, top ten, top three, best. Uh, you know, some of the ones got to, you know, they get cut. One, one moment that stuck out with me, and I, I, I really wanted to put it in my top five, but I had a hard time bumping anything else out, uh, was the night that um, Rick Rude was on Raw and Nitro. Excuse me, at the same time. And that, that was a moment that, again, I look back on and, and remember very vividly when that happened. But uh, interesting stuff, and everyone who, uh, who responded to that on the Facebook, thanks so much for your response. And you know what, it's still up there, so you still want to throw up there uh, some iconic moments. Maybe, you know, we'll open it up now. If you put on your top five, maybe there's some iconic moments that no one has mentioned yet. Maybe throw that up there. Uh, but there are a couple of things that struck me in, in looking at this. So we had moments that everyone listed that, that they, they listed from WCW. There were moments, obviously, from the WWE. Uh, the NWA title slash ECW. So you have a, you know, uh, there are a lot of different promotions that were referenced in in the list of iconic moments in pro wrestling history. Um, the thing that struck me is that nobody mentioned anything from TNA. There was not a TNA moment uh, that was listed as far as uh, you know iconic moments. And I, I found it because the, the company's been around over ten years, so. They've had time to have at least one, and they weren't referenced at all. Striking me as well is the fact that over the course of between our lists here on the show, me and Dave, and lists that were sent in by our fans, uh, Hogan slamming Andre, Hogan forming the NWO, Hogan beating Macho Man, Hogan being beat by Rock, and Hogan beating the Iron Sheik are all moments that that were listed on someone's list. So... When you're talking Hulk Hogan, you're talking the most iconic figure in the history of pro wrestling. You want to argue best, worst, whatever, but he's the most iconic. And it's interesting, as we go into a Bound for Glory Sunday, um, the biggest pay-per-view of the year, and Hulk Hogan has been a a huge part of TNA for quite some time, uh, playing that... uh, general manager type role, uh, really engrossed in this storyline, uh, a lot of personal stuff between him and Bully Ray over the course of the year, and now he's gone. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if there's going to be some sort of surprise tonight. Um, Dave, what we're hearing, though, is it, it, it appears as if Hulk Hogan's status as far as where he's going to wind up is still pretty much up in the air. Yeah, it's been reported on multiple uh, multiple uh, news sites uh, and sources that I have gone through is that uh, TNA has not signed a deal with him, um, and they had pulled – as of last week, they had started airing new advertisements for Bound for Glory with his likeness, his picture, and advertising that he was going to be there in some capacity. And then earlier this week – they had announced that he was not going to be there just by airing advertisements without his likeness and without his name. And uh, at one point I've heard that no contract has been signed by them. Um, A couple of weeks ago when they taped in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Bully Ray was on 104.5 The Edge radio radio show, and he said that Hogan was going to be there. 
Um, I don't know if that was just him trying to deflect a lot of the, the Hogan questions that have been coming in as of late. Um, I can't imagine Hogan flying in just to appear backstage to work out a new contract. A guy of his stature, you would have to figure he's got attorneys and agents that work on that sort of stuff, and he doesn't have to be present at all times for something like that. And then I've heard the stories that he's that the WWE has kind of lowballed him in a way, um, offering him uh, less money, and TNA has offered him more money, um, and they, they would offer – they would offer guys like Brock Lesnar and The Rock to work the same amount of money they would pay Hogan, but for one match. Um, I don't know the whole story. I don't know if it's all true, what the case is. Um, part of me has a feeling that with with the way things are in TNA, and they've done, I've said this before about the Hulk Hogan situation, since we've been talking about this the past few weeks, they've had a history where you would there, there are times where guys are gone from the company and then they make a surprise appearance. Last year was a perfect case in point. Devon. Devon's contract had run out, and they could not reach a deal, or so we thought. And then he showed up, and he was unmasked as the first guy from Aces and Eights. Um, Matt Morgan was another guy who had put out these cryptic tweets that he was going home, and he, wasn't, you know, he, was, he was moving on to a new, new path in his career, and then he makes he would make a surprise appearance at a pay per view, and uh, he was under contract with TNA. TNA has done that a few times. They've even done that as far um, as early back as 2005, when there were rumors that Abyss had signed with the WWE, and they were going to bring him in and do something with Kane and Undertaker um, for WrestleMania, and he was going to be a Paul Heyman guy because at that time Undertaker was feuding with uh, Paul Heyman, and. He showed up on a TNA pay-per-view, and I remember they even referenced it. They said, we thought he signed with the competition or this, that, and the other. It, it's possible that Hogan could be a surprise for them tonight at the pay-per-view. However, there's reports saying that they have no plans to use him because he's not under a deal, that they haven't come to any new terms and agreements. This could all be smoke and mirrors, and, and, and Hogan could show up tonight. Who knows? I, I really don't know. Personally, being – a Hulk Hogan fan that I am, being very selfish, I want to see him at WrestleMania 30. I think his run with TNA has, has run its course. I, I think there are things that he did to help them, but I think there are things that he could have done even more to help them that he didn't do. And I think a lot of times that they, they can't get in their own way um, management-wise, and they've been, go, they've been going through a lot of changes. Um, and I'm not here to knock TNA. I'm not trying to be negative because, you know, this is the Bound for Glory pregame show tonight. But um, I just think it's time it's run its course. Hogan can come back full circle, and we talked about it with everything that's gone on with his divorce, all the money he's lost, um, with all the surgeries he's had. I, to me, the smart money is going to the WWE. Over a long-term period of time, he could probably make more with them, he might have to do a little more, but he'll definitely make more. And when I mean do a little more, I mean he'll have to make more appearances. He's not going to be in a top role. They'll bring him back for nostalgia purposes here and there. A couple of live events, TVs, maybe on, uh, on sale tickets, you know, tickets going on sale for a Raw or pay-per-view. They have them sign autographs um, in a public relations spot. Um, merchandise, you know, you can, you can sell Hulk Hogan merchandise till the cows come home. It's, it's been proven. Um, so I think it's I think it comes down to money with him and, and, and just about anybody, whether it's TNA or WWE. Um, but knowing Vince McMahon and knowing Hulk Hogan and their history and their relationship that they have, 
Um, I would guess that Vince wants a little more piece of the pie than what Hogan wants to give up, and that's probably what's preventing them. Although I've heard, and Hogan has been quoted on saying this in a recent article, that Triple H has welcomed him with open arms, and if, if he were to want to come back home, if he's got that itch again, and Hogan has been very tempted, at least that's what he said in the interviews. Sources I've heard also say if Hogan is talking with WWE, because he hasn't signed a new contract to TNA, if he's talking about returning with the WWE, then it's very quiet. It's very tight-lipped. And it's between him, Triple H, and Vince, and it's a small circle of people. And if that's the case, then it's probably going to be a huge surprise if he were to come out and, uh, you know, be announced as either appearing at WrestleMania or inducting some, so-and-so in the Hall of Fame or just whatever the case is. But it's, it, it's going to be made into a big deal if he does sign with them. Like I said, I'm selfish. I'm going to WrestleMania 30 next year. I'm a Hulk Hogan fan. He started, he, he made his name in the WWE. I'd love to see him back home in the WWE around the time of WrestleMania. Bottom line. Yeah, and I I agree with you totally. I mean, the selfish, yeah, I want him at WrestleMania. Um, and it's trying to separate, like, all the stuff you're hearing. I mean, you know, right move creatively, right move financially. I mean, I get it. If he's in a situation where, you know, WWE is lowballing him and TNA is, is offering him more money, I, I get it. I You know, I, I can't fault the guy. Uh, for signing the more lucrative deal. So um, that being said, you know, I would get it. But if everything's equal, I, I agree. With you. I think the storyline has run its course. Um, it, it's like a lot of things with TNA. And, and as we get through this uh, Bound for Glory Sunday, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, TNA, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that winds up being a, a mixed bag. And, and we want to highlight a lot of the positives we're seeing going into Bound for Glory. But, there seems to be like for for every positive creatively, you, you, it's it's tied to to a negative, and that's been the tough thing with TNA. And I I think Hogan's role as as GM is is a good one for Hulk Hogan, but at times it was uh, too much. Uh, so it you know Hogan's role as as GM has been a, a mixed bag um, o- over the years. Uh, you know it's again it, it's. You know, I, I I don't know what what else they can do with him now. I mean, it, it's like this this character has run its course. Um, he was fired. He was fired as GM. Uh, you know how? In what capacity does does he come back then? Uh, you know who can? I mean, Dixie owns the company. She can't. You know how is he going to force her hand to to make him GM again? Uh, does he come back as someone's manager? Um, you know, very. Curious to see if, if a Hulk Hogan is back in TNA. Well, well, what capacity he would be back in because he got fired from being uh, the GM. Uh, you know, I, I think if everything's equal and money's equal, you, you know, the best thing for Hogan is to show up at WrestleMania 30 in whatever uh, capacity they, they want him there in. And that's, uh, you know, he made WrestleMania, and that would be a really cool moment to see him, as you said, Dave, come back home. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's, again, a mixed bag for, for uh, TNA as they lead into their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And, you know, one of the major players in this storyline 
uh, leading up to Bound for Glory. Uh, you know, we're talking a lot about his his contract situation rather than talking about uh, storyline and, and what we're going to see out of Bound for Glory. So, you know, I don't know if that prompts people not to buy it. I don't know if, you know, the Hulk Hogan thing, like people who are going to order Bound for Glory are, are maybe not because Hogan's not going to be there. I don't know how many uh, people that affects, but it has been more of the buzz in the wrestling world than what's going on at Bound for Glory. And you know what, Dave? That's a shame because I do think when you look at this card as a whole and, and really overview it as, as a wrestling fan, uh, there's a lot of potential for this to be a very good pay-per-view. Yeah, it does. There, there, there's some solid matches. I like I, – I, not to toot my own horn, but I said it a while ago. AJ Styles was going to win the Bound for Glory series and challenge Bully Ray, and it will come full circle for him. After a year ago, him not being able to compete for the TNA World Title after a, a loss in a match with Bobby Roode and uh, James Storm, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the X Division Championship, the Ultimate X match. I like the the, the factor of Hardy being involved. I like the the, the heel Chris Saban, um, Austin Aries, solid. You know, can can put on a, a great match with just about anybody. As much as I like Samoa Joe, I'm not a huge fan of adding him in into the mix of this match. I think, um, you know, he's, he's, he's heavyweight championship bound. I think he belongs in the heavyweight title picture personally. Yes, granted, he, he, he helped revolutionize the X Division. He had an undefeated streak that, um, you know, was right up there, in, in my opinion at least, with, with what Goldberg did in terms of how popular it was and people wanted to see him, you know, mow through just about everybody. Joe was one of the most popular guys in TNA back in, you know, the early 2000s. And uh, seeing him in this match, yes, it'll be exciting, but I think he's, he, can, he can do better things. The one thing that kind of bothers me, I've never been a fan of this manic suicide character, whatever you want to call it, but forgotten that he's the champion. And they've put a lot of the focus on Aries and Hardy and Saban and even now Joe. This guy's the champion. He really hasn't got a whole lot of play in, in, in the buildup towards this match. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out the winner of tonight's match and kind of makes a name for himself beating all these guys. Although I would like to see maybe Jeff Hardy take the X Division Championship because it would be something different for him and he could help revitalize the X Division by having a name like him in there. you got four former world champions in this match. So it kind of brings a level of prestige to the X Division title that former world champions still want a piece of that championship. Um, and then you got Angle and Bobby Roode, which should be a, a really good match. Um, Angle coming back from uh, rehab, dealing with some personal issues. I mean, there's, there's some solid matches on the card, although I will say I don't feel it's been built like it's been bound for glory, like if they a top pay-per-view to me. It just, I don't know, it just doesn't have that feel to it. You know, you get a, you get a certain feel of, like, big pay-per-views, big nights, big matches. I don't, I just think, it feels like, to me, that this is just a regular pay-per-view. And it doesn't feel like the most important pay-per-view in TNA's history. I don't, I don't feel that they've, they've hyped that up enough, in my opinion. But, needless to say, there's some solid matches on the card that I'm looking forward to, personally. Yeah, I mean, some interesting stuff, you know, going into this. I mean, you have your Countdown to Bound to Glory uh, tag team gauntlet match, Chavo and, and Hernandez, Bad Influence, uh, Eric Young and Joseph Park, and the Bromance. Uh, so we're going to have a tag team uh, title match, uh, James Storm and Gunner, the, the champions right now. We don't know who their 
opponent's going to be. So the, the, the pre-show match uh, promises to be a, a decent match. Hopefully it's a good match. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, why don't we talk about that? I mean, I'm looking in that match uh, for a bad influence to come out on top. And uh, as we talk a lot about TNA and what they have going into this pay-per-view, and it, again, it's, it's a mixed bag, Dave. And I, I, I hear just saying it doesn't feel like the most important pay-per-view. Um, I do think a lot of what's what's hurt TNA creatively, and I get what they're doing, but, uh, you know, Dixie cutting promos is just uh, not working. And, uh, you know, she's she's been a focal point as of late, and uh, that's been, you know, difficult. It hasn't been the best TV. So, uh, you know, kind of promoting this and moving forward into TNA and, and into Bound for Glory uh, you kind of needed someone if they were going to be the focal point like that to be kind of you know as good as uh, a Mr. McMahon was back in the day. Uh, so I think that's hurt the, the bill for this. But if we're going to talk positive, uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian as bad influence members of Ego, extraordinary gentlemen's organization. Uh, I, I think that you got those guys that are. Uh, they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, those guys are, are hitting it in the ring. Creatively, they're hitting it. Uh, they're very entertaining. Uh, they're, you know, must-see TV. You know, if bad influence is on the screen, you want to stop and watch. I like what they've done with Bobby Roode now. Um, it's just, they, they have just been tremendous. And it, it would be, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, win the gauntlet match and then win the, the title match. Uh, because personally, I mean, when I'm looking at James Storm and, and Gunner, and, and, and I get what they're doing, and they're trying to build up Gunner, but, but James Storm, to me, is, is ready to be that bona fide singles competitor. Uh, you know, I, I would like to see perhaps Bad Influence uh, wins the tag titles. Um, maybe we see some dissension in the ranks between James Storm and, and Gunner, uh, leading towards maybe a, a, a brief feud between the two of them that helps to... Uh, beef up Gunner a little bit, as well as uh, moving James Storm back into the singles competition. That's just me spitballing and speculating, but uh, getting back to bad influence, uh, I'm really just enjoying everything they bring to the table and just, uh, you know, what their uh, winning the title celebration could be going into impact would be enough for me to want to tune in on Thursday, Dave. Yeah, they 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 do a great job of drawing heat as 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 funny as they can be and entertaining as they can be. They they know how to draw heat too, and they they they're def, they definitely work well together. I I thought for the longest time that Daniels was a bona fide single star, um, but him and Kazarian have really clicked well together. Um, they grew up in the wrestling business together. I believe they trained out the same. Uh, the, the, the same tra- training camp in California that John Cena did, um, both of them together. I, I want to say UPW maybe out out in the, the Los Angeles area. Um, so they they've known each other for a while. They have a good chemistry together. Adding Bobby Roode to the mix is great. Um, they're, they're they're the most entertaining thing on on TNA television in my opinion right now. Um, and I'll get into them a little bit later. Um, to to bring up your point about the the James Storm Gunner uh, tag team. Like you said, I do get what they're doing. They're trying to give Gunner a little bit of a rub by putting him in there with James Storm. However, these guys haven't been on TV as much as the tag team champions. And 
then all of a sudden they're just going to trot a few teams out to earn a title shot against these guys. It's just they weren't on TV as much. It's like, oh, I forgot that they were the tag team champions. Unless you're a diehard fan, you and you know uh, who who's who and and, and what what championships they're holding. So like, I forgot. I literally forgot when they came out one night. I was like, oh, that's right. They're the tag. They're the, they're the tag team champions because they haven't been on TV. And I just think it makes it, it, it deflated the importance of the tag team titles. Because at one time, TNA had a better tag team division than the WWE. And now WWE is beefing up their tag teams and making a run at making their tag team division something, you know, important again. So I would like to see Bad Influence take the tag team titles tonight and at least bring some importance back to those championships a little bit. Maybe have Storm and Gunner chase them a little bit for the titles um, because there really hasn't been uh, too much of a challenge with Storm and Gunner as the tag team champions. They, I don't, I can't remember the last time they defended the belts, but I think that tonight we're going to see um, Storm and Dan, or excuse me, uh, Daniels and uh, Kazarian walk out as champions and, like I said, add more prestige to the titles and – Make make them a focal point of the tag team division and give other teams a reason to go after them. All right, so we're in agreement. We're going, uh, you know, start the picks right away. We're looking at, uh, you know, the ego walking out with some belts tonight. Um, I mean, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on like James Storm. You know, are you in agreement? I mean, do you see this guy as as a? I mean, it looked like this guy was really moving into. Uh, you know, bonafide heavyweight champion contender, a, a TNA main eventer, and, uh, you know, moved back into the, the tag team division. Um, you know, I'm curious, like, what exactly they're doing with James Storm. And I do agree with you. You know, there are those moments where, you know, you can tell that, and I think this happens with both companies, where, you know, a belt is not televised or not used as much, and you're just, for a second there, you're like, oh, wait, wait, who's got the title? Oh, yeah, and... You're right. Like it, it, it takes a minute because they didn't show them as much uh, on TV. But I, I'd really like to see what what James Storm can can really do uh, with a real legit singles run. Yeah, I mean he was he was on that path at one time. He was the champion. Um, he beat Kurt Angle, and then they took it away from him to cement Bobby Roode as a as a as a main event player and as the guy in TNA. And then he just kind of got lost in the in the in the mix and. At one point, he was feuding with Rude, and they probably had the match of the year in TNA with that 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 uh, that street fighter, whatever you want to call it, the, the no disqualification match they had last year, which was a great match. It was a it was one of the you know the, they had like an old school build up to it with you know a year build up between the two guys, and I just think that uh, for whatever reason they. Um, they decided to move him in a different direction. And, uh, you know, he had some importance in the AJ Styles storyline. I thought maybe we would have saw the two of them kind of align with the Aces and H's, but kind of been all over the place. And then when they put him in a firm position with Gunner, they haven't really done anything with him. So I think we're going to see eventually, not just yet, but we'll see, you know, Gunner and Storm split, maybe leading to a feud with them, but then Storm will kind of be on his own, and maybe we'll see Storm um, in the title picture in the near future. I would agree with that. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And why don't we head out to the phone, see what our callers are thinking about things? Uh, you want to talk iconic moments? You want to talk Bound for Glory? Let's hear what you guys are thinking. And we're going to start off right now. We got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey guys. What's going on? Oh, uh, yeah. So this 
as far yeah, this show is bound for glory. It's been uh, like I said, the build to it has been really uh <laughs> could be better. You know, the build could have been a hell of a lot better. Uh I thought the impact this week was very lackluster. You know, I mean I I thought the the uh AJ Styles Bully Ray's uh promo at the end was 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 good, but I just you know, like I just thought it was like it's like for the for the go home show for their their biggest pay per view of the year that WrestleMania it was like it just didn't really do, you know it, it just felt flat you know so it's like and even you know it's, it's just I don't know the, the, the company is in like sh- is, is in a shambles right now I mean I don't know what's going on I mean you know, and it's weird it's, far, it's like I keep saying it's it's everything with TNA is just kind of a mixed bag and you know I agree with you because you know going into this pay per view I'm I'm hearing what you're saying I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, I'm not, like, overly excited. I'm not, you know, it, it's not, you know, the impacts are not, like, grabbing me, like, really. But then, like, when I pulled myself back and I looked at the card, I was just, wow, like, this has got a, the potential for having a lot of very good matches, a lot of good wrestling. So it's it's been weird. It was like, I, I'm excited for this pay-per-view, but I can't say that I'm excited necessarily because of what i scene leading up to it on impact you know what i'm saying it was just me as a wrestling fan that once i like kind of pulled back and and looked at the card it's like yeah this this is going to be you know this is going to be a good pay-per-view this is going to be there's going to be some exciting athletic wrestling going in so again i you know and i know i keep saying it but it's like you know you got some positive tna brings to you but then there's like some negative and obviously it's tough for any company to be in such a state of flux heading into their uh biggest pay-per-view of the year, but I'm curious, you know, as you're saying, Tony, that, that impact didn't grab you. I mean, what do you think of the Bound for Glory card? Oh, I mean, I'm, I look at the lineup, I see, you know, like, I see, the, the, you know, like, the, the whole card, I mean, it, you know, it's like, these matches sound like they should be really, you know, these matches sound like they should be good to great, but, you know, I mean, and I think, I think the Ultimate X match is going to be the, uh, I'm hoping is, is the match that steals the show, and I, I, I think that the TJ Manic is the guy who, uh, you know, the, since uh, they haven't been focusing on him, he'll sneak out the win. Either that or Chris Saban will steal the title. By the way, see, the Saban's heel turn, that has been freaking awful. Uh, I don't know I what the hell they're doing there. And uh, as far as the the, uh, the the world title match, AJ and uh, Bubba Ray or whatever, you know, I mean, I it's like it's like a match, you know, it's like it, it should be good, and, you know, it's like it should obviously culminate with AJ Styles winning a title, and it, you know, but... Although this, this whole thing with Dick Seedy uh, being a heel and doing a whole WWE thing about her Dixie not wanting AJ to be the champion or whatever, and then doing the same, you know, it's like she gave Bubba carte blanche for a revenge match or whatever the hell she that stuff was. It's like it, you know, that happened on uh, Impact a couple of weeks ago. It was just like you know, it was like this is the guy who, who freaking tried to run Russia on a freaking company, and it's like, okay, yeah, we can give you a revenge match, and it's like, what the, it's, and then the, you know, like, even though they like with AJ Styles, and like, you know, is, I know he has this extension contract with December, but, you know, it's like, if, if, you know, it's like, if he does win, I can either see, you know, uh, you know, Dixie doing something ridiculous to you, either, you know, like, either overturn it at this, you know, it's like AJ will win the title, and she'll do something screwy, or, she, you know, it's like, it'll be, it'll be it's probably going to be a very underwhelming uh, win if, if AJ does win the title, since that since the focus has been Dixie's been putting the focus more on herself instead of the two guys in the, the title match. You know, it's just, it's just like, oh, by the way, has anybody got the Dixieland shirt yet? <laughs> you know, it's funny, man, because you bring that up, and I'll tell you, and if, and if 
anyone who is involved with TNA Creative is listening tonight, like, you can't do that. Like, tonight, you know, it's your WrestleMania. You know, if Dixie comes out and screws up anything, like, have her do something on Thursday night. Um, again, I think we're all in agreement. We're not crazy about this new incarnation of the Dixie Carter character. And, uh, you know, it, it's gotten a bit convoluted. And, um, you know, it doesn't make sense now. She, she's cool with uh, Bully Ray. Uh, it, you know, it's just been kind of a, a, a weird run with this, this new character with Dixie. But I, I just think we really, you know, it's bound for glory. It's, it's your big one. I, I just think having her do anything... Uh, screwy, it just would really, really take away from the pay-per-view. And as we were talking before, as far as like people buying and not buying, I, I do think that if Dixie has a, a major hand in what happens tonight, that that'll prompt a lot of people uh, who, who maybe were planning on it not to purchase the next TNA pay-per-view. So uh, I'm hoping she's not. I hope that the matches are able to, to stand on their own. You know, I'm not saying she can't be a part of things tonight, but I really don't want to see her have a major influence on uh, the outcome of, of any matches tonight. I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. Is, uh, actually, uh, Tony, with uh, Ace and Eights, and, and you brought up, you know, Bully Ray running roughshod over the company. Um, uh, you know, I mean, this, this Ace and Eights storyline has built uh, Bully Ray up, and, and that's been a good thing, uh, what we've been able to see out of Bully Ray. Uh, but if you were going to give the Aces and Eights storyline a grade, pass, fail, uh, what would you say about Aces and Eights? Well, I mean, when it started, when was it, like last, like June of last year or whatever, and then it was, it was a last bound for glory when Devon was unmasked. Uh, I mean, I was like, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it really is similar to NWO where it's just like, you know, it's like it started out really hot, and then all of a sudden it just cooled off and it just got like, it got pointless. You know, so it's, and, and that's kind of what I feel like is happening to to this club right now. You know, it's it's, it's just like, you know, it's like what, we got like four guys in there if you count Taz, and it's it's it, you know, it's just like now that you know, like, um, Nux and Garrett were saying, you know, it's like, oh yeah, next time he want he Bubba wants us to help him out, it's going to get interesting or whatever. So it's like, it's like, why do he even fill in the club if all he does is rip on? Him? You know, it's like, it, it, you know, it's like it, it just didn't make any sense. You know, a lot of the stuff they do doesn't make any sense. Any sense. You know, the whole, you know, it's like, it just seems like they, you know, it's like they had the idea, and then it's like, oh my God, what would we do for an ending? And it's just like, oh, I don't know, dude. And, and it just falls apart. All right. I mean, sometimes I think with, with storylines, like the really good ones, it, you almost have to work with them, like writing writing backwards and, and write out what you want the, the climax to be, and then move backwards as far as how you're going to play that all out. So at least you know what the end is going to be. And, uh, yeah, Zace and Eights thing, I mean, I, I enjoyed it for a little while, uh, you know, and Dave and I are big uh, Sons of Anarchy fan, like like the uh, the whole idea, the motorcycle club kind of vibe to it, but uh, yeah, when you look at this club now, I mean, the members that are in there, this is anything but uh, a powerful faction in the world of pro wrestling, so, uh, you know, do they, they break it up tonight, do we see the demise of Ace and Eights tonight, Um you know, I, I would think ultimately it kind of, you know, the group is kind of fizzling out, like you said, Tony. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd probably give the Ace and Eight storyline a fail, uh, even though it helped to really create this uh, Bully Ray character who is, is great when he's on screen. But the uh, the rest of the club, you know, and you would hope that maybe the rest of the, the storyline would have helped uh, put over 
some other people. Uh, you're right. It's it's just really fizzled. So uh, we'll see what happens, Tony. Again, looking forward to the matches, but hopefully uh, they don't screw the pooch, so to speak, uh, <laughs> over the course of tonight. I know. Let's so, open up. Yeah, Kurt Angle versus Bobby Roode should also be good. Also, that was the Bound for Glory main event from two years ago, which they, I think they just mentioned it. Like it just they just breezed through that. They didn't even mention it. Was like they barely mentioned that 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 match even happened. It was just like this whole thing is about ego making a joke out of Kurt Angle's Hall of Fame induction. It's like wait a minute, you know, it's like they main evented two years ago, and that was. Bobby Roode was supposed to win the title, and then Hogan changed it. And it was like, no, wait a minute, bro. The fans won't get behind him as a champion. And then that was when James Storm won it, and then Bobby Roode turned heel and beat him. So it's just right. you know, So, yeah, it's like I say, even though, I, I don't know, you know, it's like I said, I hope AJ, you know, it's like AJ Styles, uh, you know, it's like if he wins or if he doesn't win, it's like I hope they don't do the thing that they did, that they did a couple of years ago with, with that, where they have him, you know, it's like him lose, and then it's like, it's just like <laughs> he just fades off into Jobberville. Agreed. You know, and, uh, and yeah, Daniels and Kazarian. I mean, you know, they got to walk out with it. They got to walk out with the belts. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all in agreement with them, and I, I, I think they're the best thing uh, right now on on TNA television. Is just what those two guys are bringing to the table, along with Bobby Roode. So, uh, you know, again, I'm just I'm trying to remain optimistic with tonight. I'm just hoping that. Uh, you know, you got a lot of talented guys uh, in the ring together. Uh, a lot of these matches promise to be uh, very good matches, and hopefully they don't uh, screw the pooch creatively. Uh, for you guys who don't know out there, Tony is the best blog in the business. He, he throws up blogs for Impact, SmackDown, and Monday Night Raw over on thekenreedyshow.com. Be sure to head on over there. Check that out. Tony, thanks for the call. Uh, let's talk tomorrow. and. Uh, Hopefully we're talking about what an amazing pay-per-view Bound for Glory was. Yeah, let's hope so, yeah. All right, I'll talk All to right. you later. All right, I'll talk tomorrow. Yeah, let's let's stick with the phones. We got another caller on the line. Call, are you there? Got an 860 call, are you there? Going once, going twice. Maybe they're just listening on their phones, so I'll keep you on mute over there, and we'll keep with the calls. Are you there, caller? Hello? Yellow Dank? Hey, what's up? What's going on? What do you got for us tonight? Not much. Uh, you're talking about um, iconic moments in wrestling history, am I correct? We were talking about that, yes, sir. Um, well, I know we had uh, talked about it briefly on a previous show, but to me, I mean, a match can be iconic and a move can be iconic, but when something out of the norm happens that may have an impact not only on the roster of the uh, of the wrestlers, but also on the fan base, I think the two that stand out the most and will probably always stand out the most to me will be um, the Raw after um, Owen Hart died, when they when all the wrestlers came out and there was a moment of silence and everything, to me, I had I had just started watching Raw maybe like for a year or so. David got me into it, and to me that was like the first time that almost like the fourth wall was broken, where 
you go and you see this wrestlers that you see your favorite wrestler and whatnot. It's almost like going to the theater and watching the actors on stage. And to me, for the first time, it was like they're human. They're no bigger. They're no better than us. And it will always, and uh, during commercial breaks, they would have those one-on-one with the wrestlers where they would talk about who, uh, you know, that did their best moments and whatnot. And I want to say it was like Triple H was in tears at the time. Like I'd seen these guys like jump off cages, slam each other with like metal chairs and tables. And here he was like in tears. And it's one of those like things that will be like etched in my memory forever. And the other moment, was when um, John Cena at the end of the pay-per-view, and they showed it the following Monday night as well, um, when everything was said and done, he grabbed a microphone, stood on top of the announcer table, and announced to the world or to whoever was watching about the fact that Osama bin Laden had been killed. He had nothing to do with the fact that Osama bin Laden had been killed, but it was the fact that once again we were one. It wasn't the audience and the fan base. And then there were the wrestlers. We were all just one. And it's moments like those that like, for me, they get me the most to where it keeps me want to watch even more than a storyline because it's like, what's the next thing that's going to happen. That's going to break down that fourth wall. But to me, those two moments are just, and will forever be like iconic to me. Those, you know, it's it's funny because, like I said, when I was thinking of my list, I, I decided to like steer clear of, of deaths. Um, so I mean, obviously, you know, the Owen thing uh, definitely something uh, very poignant, and definitely, you know, for me as well. You know, it sticks out in my memory um, as far as iconic moments. Interesting though, no one listed that and. Uh, but the, the John Cena moment, I mean, that that was a very iconic moment, uh, you know, and he's a guy that obviously uh, is very supportive of the military, and it just, it, it was it was a big moment, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm surprised, that, like, good good call on that, Dank, uh, you know, it'd be tough, I have to look at my list and see if I bump anything out of the top five for that, but that was a big moment, no one else mentioned that, uh, your thoughts on those moments, Dave? Um, I mean, the Owen Hart death, yes, it, it grabbed a lot of people because, you know, it was very unexpected. It was an accident. We saw something very different um, with the way that they had produced the television show that evening with, you know, the wrestlers basically not in character and uh, having, you know, having interactions with, you know, other wrestlers you wouldn't see. And it was, like you said, broke broke the fourth wall, so to speak. Um I mean, I, I don't want to list, list that list someone's death or even the aftermath as an iconic moment, only because it was the, the circumstances surrounding his death. Um, it was a, it was a the, the only way it changed the wrestling business is that you've never seen anybody come down from the ceiling on WWE ever again. Um, I believe, as a matter of fact, at that time, um, Bret Hart was in WCW, and they had a pay per view a year later in the same building as where he passed away, like like literally like right around the, the, a couple of weeks either before or after, but on, in the same month of the anniversary of his passing, 
And uh, I remember reading an interview with Sting years ago where Sting had gone to Brett and said, you know, would you feel comfortable with me doing this? I won't do it again um, if you don't feel comfortable with it. And they had spoken about it. And Sting, Sting didn't drop from the rafters for quite a long time, if ever. Um, if, if I remember, I mean, I could be wrong, you know, somebody will probably correct me or somebody will tell me to find something on YouTube, but in May of 2000, they had the same building. He didn't do anything from the ceiling, and I don't remember him jumping out of the ceiling ever again. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, his death caused um, the big theatrics and the stunts to kind of get toned down a little bit. Um, so, that in, in a way, it changed the wrestling business there. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I don't like to look at his death as an iconic moment because it was it was an accident. The circumstances surrounding it, it just it was, it was it's awful. Um, the John Cena thing, that's yeah, that's that's something that wasn't on my list either, and it's something that you, you know, as a country, we can all see, not not just for wrestling, but as a country, we can all sit here and be like, yeah, we got the guy who finally you know killed you know three thousand people, you know, my cousin included. Not a lot of people don't know that, but. Um, it was a, it was a pretty big moment for our country, more or less than wrestling itself. Um, it happened on wrestling. It happened on television, um, and it was it was it was a proud moment, you know, that it was acknowledged, um, but it, it wasn't glorified either. So um, that, that, that's a, that was a pretty good call there, Dang. Thank you. Well, um, that's really all I have, um, but. Um, I'm hoping the pay-per-view works out for TNA tonight. I don't really follow TNA, but I know that through hearing from you guys and reading some articles that has been doing so good. But looking forward to hearing your opinions tomorrow night and talking to you guys tomorrow. Cool. Thanks a lot for the call. Good moments, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later. Yeah, it was good stuff. You know, it's surprising that that moment didn't didn't uh, pop into my head. But, uh, yeah, that John Cena moment was definitely uh, – a big deal. I mean, a lot of people, you know, it's funny because when you watch pay-per-views, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll be on my phone checking things and whatever, but, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they sit down and they they want to watch the, the pay-per-view. And, and uh, that was probably the, the moment where a lot of people found out uh, that we uh, we got Osama bin Laden. So uh, it was definitely a an iconic moment, like you said, Dave. It's it's not just a, a wrestling iconic moment. It's a it's a United States iconic moment, and John Cena was smack dab in the middle of it. So, a very very interesting moment, and good call by Dank. Um, you know, switching gears a little bit, start off the show talking about iconic moments, and uh, we're on a bound for glory uh, Sunday, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Talking bound for glory, TNA's big. Est pay-per-view of the year. Uh, got a good card shaping up right there. We talked a little bit about it. You know, Tony hit on it. And I got to agree with Tony that I think if I look at these matches, uh, you know, again, I think it's a real good card on, on paper. Uh, I think there's a lot of really great wrestling you could see tonight. Um, but we're looking at uh, what could steal the show, the X Division Championship, Ultimate X Match, Manic. Austin Aries, Chris Sabin, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe are all in the mix in this Ultimate X match. I am really looking forward to seeing what these guys do here tonight. Um, I would agree with Tony that I'm not crazy about the Chris Sabin heel turn. I don't know what exactly 
they plan on doing with him uh, character-wise. However, there's no denying what that guy can do in the ring. Uh, it's just this promises to be a very good match. They've added some, you know, main eventers into the Ultimate X. Uh, I'm looking forward to this match being quite the scene stealer. Uh, the interesting thing when you look at this match, uh, did TNA shoot themselves in the foot? As much as I am really looking forward to this match, would TNA have been better served using these guys in more singles matches, getting more matches on the card out of these guys? Or does it fit well throwing them all into the mix in an Ultimate X match? I can see both sides of it, but to be honest with you, for me, as much as I could see, maybe you could have used these guys in different singles matches. I'm so looking forward to what this match is going to bring to the table tonight that I'll say TNA uh, made the right decision here, and hopefully this match delivers tonight, Dave. Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, the, 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 the element that I like more than anything is that this is a match that Jeff Hardy has never been in, and he's been known for the, the, the crazy TLC matches, the ladder matches that he's performed in. He's even done some crazy stuff in, inside a steel cage, you know, the, the lockdown matches he's had. Um, so that that's probably the most important thing that, in my mind, I'm looking forward to is what he's going to be able to do on this high-wire um, Ultimate X match. And being that it's the first time that he's involved in it, I'm surprised that they didn't really go into detail about a ma- as, as crazy as he is with, with some of these crazy matches of this being a first for him. Because you don't see a whole lot of firsts in professional wrestling. You know, I, I will give TNA credit. Ultimate X is their creation, and, it's a, and it, it was a first in wrestling, and it's been a hit in TNA. And a guy as crazy as Jeff Hardy is with all the stuff that he does, uh, I'm really surprised that they haven't gone into more detail about his history and all these crazy matches and what he's going to be able to do in a, in a match he's never been in before. Um, so I, I think we're going to see some pretty innovative stuff um, with him and with Saban and Aries and Joe and, you know, all of it. It's going to be, it's going to be a, you know, a, 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 a crash and burn fest, in my opinion, between all five of those guys. I think it's going to be a little crowded, though, with five guys. But I think it's still going to be fun to watch. Um, and I'd like, I mean, this isn't my prediction, but I'd like to see Jeff Hardy win the match. Um, I think Jeff Hardy's done some good stuff since he's come back from his uh, his personal uh, issues over the years, um, and he's he's been a solid performer in TNA, and he's got a popular fan base, and he's done some good stuff in TNA, and he's kind of made you forget about some of the stuff he was doing in WWE, which is a good thing, especially when you're named that big and you, uh, you you make your name over in the biggest wrestling company in the world, and then you come over to a smaller group, everyone's going to compare you to what you did before. And I think in the, in the past year or so, he's he's changed that, at least for him. Um, I can't say the same for other guys who have come over from WWE and have worked in TNA, um, but it should be a fun match. My prediction, I'm going to, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Tony's prediction. I'm going to pick Manic to win this because he really hasn't had a whole lot of play. And if he gets a win over four guys of, of you know, two of them um, are pretty, you know, three of them are pretty big names and they've done some pretty good stuff in TNA. Um, uh, and I think it would really help Manic if he kept the X Division title. I think he needs to get rid of the gimmick because I, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. It's awful. He looks like suicide. It's just it's. And, and he's been, and they've taken him off his mask before, and he's put it back on. I just think it's, I, I, it's totally, 
in my opinion, not the way it should be done with him. But I'm no wrestling expert here. It's just my opinion. But Jeff Hardy takes the ultimate X and wins the X Division title. Well, you're, so you're, you're, you're picking Manic, but you want Jeff. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you, and this is why I'm, I'm going against uh, picking Manic because I, I, I don't know, like, it, like the mystery is gone. I, I mean, aside from the fact that it's the same costume, Manic Suicide, Suicide Manic. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the mystery's gone. I mean, it's supposed to be this mysterious figure under the mask. You know, you've, you, you've destroyed that. That that's done. Um, it, it, he doesn't do much for me. Uh. I'm I'm looking for this match to really um, solidify and really add some major importance to the X division in TNA and look for you know maybe getting back to their roots so to speak and uh, you know having the X division be uh, a little more important uh, as far as what TNA is doing and as much as I agree with uh, how much this would help Manic and beating, uh, you know, some guys who have been uh, main eventers. Uh, I, I, like, I, I don't know. He, just Manic seems like, you know, that running back that will be handed the ball on the one-yard line and still not find a way to hit the hole. Um, to me, I look at Manic as well, what will happen after that. As much as in this moment, uh, that would add a lot of importance to, to Manic. And, wow, look at the guys he beat. He beat uh, – Veritable all-star team of, of talent out there, and uh, you know that, that's incredible. But I, I just I don't know if he could carry it after the fact. Um, I'm kind of I, I like the idea of Jeff Hardy. I like, uh, but my pick for tonight, and I, I know I'm going a little bit with my heart, uh, maybe more so than my head. But I'm gonna go with Samoa Joe tonight. I'm gonna go with Samoa Joe for the victory for the simple fact that I think we're going to see. You know, and we're going to talk a little later on about AJ Styles and the repackaging of AJ Styles. And we've talked about guys in in TNA and Samoa Joe and AJ were two guys that we were, you know, talked a lot about how they needed to be repackaged, uh, how they were talented guys but had become uninteresting. And again, not to slam and, and beat the hell out of that dead horse, but mixed bag with uh, AJ Styles character change, but. I'm into it. I'm interested, at least, where I was really not even remotely interested in AJ for a, a while there. AJ, a guy who you could argue is the best in the ring in the business. Uh, you know, he is tremendous in the ring, and yet his character had gotten to the point where it was pretty uninteresting to me. And now I'm at least intrigued and interested. I think this is going to be part of the repackaging of Samoa Joe. Uh, we're going to see Samoa Joe move up the ranks a little bit. And uh, perhaps uh, down the road a piece, we're going to see Samoa Joe exercise option C and thrust himself back into the TNA World Heavyweight title picture. So, uh, you know, it's funny because I guess well, you're picking one of the small guys and I'm picking the biggest guy in the match. But, uh, again, I think this is a match that definitely could be a scene stealer. And uh, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, them putting the X Division uh you know, giving a little more prominence in the landscape of, of TNA. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. What do you think? We're in a Bound for Glory Sunday. We're going to go out to the phones now because we got Justin online. Justin, are you there? I can. What's going on? I missed you. 
I miss you too. So let me ask something. You gonna you're looking forward to Bound for Glory tonight? Oh yeah, man. I'm gonna see. I, I love Bound, Bound for go- uh, Glory. I'm curious, you know, we were talking about the X Division, and we were talking about the big match, Manic is the champ, Austin Aries, Chris Sabin, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe. Who do you think is going to win that match? I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Edge. <laughs> How did I know you were going to say that? Because I love Edge. I know you do, but Edge isn't in the match. He is? No, he's not. Here are your choices. Anik, Austin Aries, Chris Saban, Jeff Hardy, or Samoa Joe? Uh, what about Samoa Joe? You think Samoa Joe? Then, then, Justin, you and I are in agreement this evening. We both think that Samoa Joe is going to come out with the X Division Championship. We were just discussing it because Dave thinks that Manic is going to win. I know. I think for him, too. <laughs> What a ham. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, Ken, you know what? What? Are you, do you love Edge? Hey, we all love Edge. Do you watch the show Haven? Uh, a little bit. Because Edge is on that show, you know. How did you know? I, I'm, I'm a worldly individual, my friend. Oh, I know that. Bunch of hams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're coming off the rails, Justin. Huh? <laughs> we're coming off the rails. Any other matches tonight at Bound for Glory you're looking forward to? Yeah. What else are you looking forward to? Um, what about uh, Christian? Well, that's the WWE. We're talking TNA. What about, uh, you know, the main event tonight is Bully Ray, who's the TNA champion, versus AJ Styles. You got a pick on that match? Uh, yeah, it's going to be somebody to pick him. Somebody's going to win the match. Oh, yeah. Justin, you should run for office. I like the way you play it right down the middle. Not commit. Office? You're right in there with the bipartisan politics. Don't take a side. Someone's going to win the match. I know. <laughs> Justin, as always, thank you so much for the call. Thanks for supporting us. You know, tomorrow night, I know that you're more of a WWE guy. So give us a call tomorrow night. We'll be previewing Monday Night Raw and the Hell in the Cell paper. You give us a buzz. All right. And tell Dave he 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 loves Edge differently. I will tell Dave, Dave that he loves Edge. Thanks a lot for the call, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. Sure, Ken. And Justin, happy Justin, uh, the happy caller. So, <laughs> what did Justin want to say again? What was that? What did Justin want you to tell me again? Oh, you you love Edge. Oh, okay, yeah, I definitely do. Okay, but He's I great. Tell- <laughs> anyway, getting back to our the ultimate X uh, discussion. Um, I mean, do, do you think they should have split it up into a bunch of singles matches, or do you think this is fine the way uh, the way they got it booked right now? Um, I don't know. I mean, I like that. They, I like that they've added. I mean, I said before that. I mean, Joe 
I think, could move on to bigger and better things. Just, But who's he going to work with? Like, you just – this is – I mean, it, granted, I don't like it, but this makes sense right now because, you know, his main event mafia is pretty much – you know, Angle Angle's working with Root tonight. Sting and Magnus are having a match. So what's he going to do? I mean, I think this is. A, I think going beyond the fourth wall. Let's not use that term again. But hashtag fourth wall for our producer out there. Because um, I know she's going to hashtag it any second now. But anyhow, uh, I think this is a, a case of where he was supposed to do something else, and they didn't have anything for him because those plans went awry, and I think he was going to be involved somehow with the possibility of Rampage and Tito, because there was a rumor that they were going to be involved somehow in a match, and I have a feeling that he was going to have some involvement with that match, either tagging up with Rampage, or and maybe Tito and another Aces and Ace member, I don't know, but I think that's where they wanted to go with him, and those plans fell apart because Bellator had pulled um, Rampage and Tito from any kind of wrestling activity to keep them healthy for their their pay-per-view fight that they have November 2nd. Uh, so I think this is this makes the most sense to me right now. As much as I don't like it, because I, I like to see Samoa Joe in a different position um, in the in the world title mix, um, I think that's I think this is, this makes the most sense. I would agree. I'm looking forward to this. I mean, this is. Uh... The only problem I think you have out of, out of this match is is where it's booked on the card, and and is is there potential for this match to so steal the show that the rest of the pay per view uh, leaves you flat? Because I, I I agree with you. You know, Hardy in the in the mix here, uh, Samoa Joe with his history with with uh, Ultimate X, you know, Austin Aries and Chris Sabin, the, the athleticism they bring to the table, and uh, Manic. You know, Manic is incredibly athletic, and and you know, do they? They give, I mean, when you're talking about someone young, and he, he, it's amazing, he is the champion, and you're right, they kind of make Manic an afterthought, but uh, what a rub. I mean, if he winds up retaining the title tonight, uh, that, that's, that's quite a push, being able to, to beat uh, a bunch of other former heavyweight champions. So, uh, you know, it should be interesting, but I, I'm excited to see uh, what they're going to do in this match, and I'm really excited to see what, what the big man Samoa Joe brings to the table. Um, but that should be a, a show stealer tonight. Uh, another match that's, that's interesting and a guy that, you know, you think that TNA's got big plans uh, moving forward. And, and it's, it's interesting. When I look at a guy like Magnus, I look at a guy that, all right, first off, tremendous look. Good physique, good look. You know, you, you look at him without knowing anything. You know, he, he looks like a champion. Um, that being said, he's a guy that, to me, does everything well, but nothing exceptional. You know, he can talk, but I don't think he cuts an exceptional promo. He's good in the ring. I wouldn't say he's great in the ring. Um, so it's, it's interesting, you know, he's, he's kind of in a holding pattern. He was the guy that was brought into the main event mafia that, that really didn't fit. Wasn't a former world heavyweight champion, so he was kind of the... The odd man out, but brought in anyway because, you know, they, they saw, like, future uh, greatness out of him. So, you know, now friction between him and Sting, teacher versus student kind of vibe. I, I like the fact that they, they referenced history a bit. You know, Flair gave you your shot. Who's going to give me my shot? Um, 
so it, it's it's an interesting storyline. Does this lead to the the dismantling of the main event mafia? Do we see a definitive heel turn out of out of Magnus tonight? Uh, it's interesting, but a guy that you know you, you kind of think, Dave, that there's there's high hopes for Magnus, but curious where exactly he's going to be slotted in as far as his role in the not too distant future. Well, when I when I think about the situation. This reminds, I mean, when the main event mafia was reborn and Sting had talked about bringing a family together, you know, Joe and Angle were two guys that had used to be in the main event mafia with him. They are former world champions. And I know that we have said that Magnus didn't really fit. But now I look at this more as like this is, this is TNA's version of Evolution. Evolution was Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista and Randy Orton, and it was the past, the present, and the future. And Flair passing on the knowledge to Triple H, Triple H and Flair passing the knowledge on to Orton and Batista to be the future of the WWE. And look where, look what happened there. Batista had a great run in WWE, and Randy Orton has had a pretty good run in the WWE. It's slacked at times, but he's kind of back to prominence and back to where he needs to be. And I think this is what TNA is doing by kind of, giving the rub to Magnus, and this is supposed to, at least hopefully, in Magnus's case, the latter, make him a major player in the company. Um, and by having him wrestle Sting, it would, be, it would be a good notch under his belt for him to win. Part of me thinks that they might pull the rug out from under him and have Sting beat him, and then this turns Magnus into a heel, and then he has a run with Sting. But it should be a solid match. I don't think it's going to be a career-defining match for either either guy. And I like the story as how it's unfolded between the two guys, only because it puts it takes Sting out of the world title picture and out of the main event scene, and he's working with a younger guy. And I think in this stage of his career, he needs to do that. You know, He's worked with a lot of veterans in his run in TNA, and he's had a couple of dabbles with some young guys. He's worked with James Storm. He had a run with Christopher Daniels about – you know, six, seven years ago, and now he's got something going on with Magnus, and I think this will only help Magnus, only, at least in my opinion, if he wins, or if Sting somehow pulls up, uh, pulls out a victory, and then Magnus lays him out, and uh, the, the end scene of that match is Magnus standing tall over a beaten and battered Sting, and then you have a run that goes from there. I think that would work, too. Um, like, he, I do agree with you, he's not exceptional. He cuts a good promo, not great. Um, he's good in the ring. He's not great. He, to me, he's missing something. And maybe maybe turning him heel would would keep that, would, would, would get that thing to, like, put him over the hump, if you know what I mean. So um, as far as tonight's match goes, prediction-wise, I'm kind of back and forth on this one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a, uh, I'm going to go with a Magnus victory, but I'm going to go with Magnus, like, cheating to win, pulling of the tights, feet on the rope, foreign object when the referee's not looking sort of thing. He's going to, he's going to pull this out. He's going to be so frustrated because of the losses that he's had and his interactions with Sting recently and how he just can't cut it. And now he's in a big match and Sting's going to put him on the map. Well, he's got to do something to stand out and to and, – to be worthy of being in the position that he's in, and I think maybe he's going to cheat to win and do whatever it takes to, to beat Sting and to further his career. So I'm going to go with Magnus winning. 
A lot of differences tonight. I'm well. It's funny because I'm going to go with Magnus to win, just not tonight. Magnus will go over at some point, but this is going to be this is going to be the match, in my opinion, that's going to continue to fuel Magnus's frustration. Uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if we see uh, Sting with the victory and perhaps uh, a uh, handshake uh, gesture at the end, to which Magnus pushes him, or maybe he. Uh, Flat out beats the hell out of Sting after the fact, but I think we're going to uh, we're going to see a, a really mean Magnus uh, moving forward, and I think Sting is just going to be victorious tonight uh, to add to Magnus's frustration going forward. Uh, uh, it should be interesting. Again, I agree with you. I think this should be a good match. I'm looking forward to it. This match, um, not so much the athleticism, but the storytelling between the two of them. Uh, you know, it's a classic tale. Of uh, you know, teacher versus student, uh, veteran versus rookie, uh, however you want to look at it, and uh, and I think this has got potential to be a a fun match, uh, a match that that'll go back and forth, uh, you know, a match that uh, you know, perhaps will start off as an honorable competition between uh, two athletes, and it'll it'll turn into a fight at some point in the match, but uh, again, to to really really add to Magnus's character and the frustration that he's feeling, and the fact that he referenced, uh, you know, Flair gave you your shot and you beat Flair, just, he's going to have his moment and fail this time. Eventually he will beat Sting, uh, but not tonight. So Dave and I different on this matchup, but uh, it's good. I mean, again, I think with wrestling, you know, it's it's a good thing when you're kind of iffy on the pick. And, and like you said, Dave, you were going back and forth, and I was going back and forth too. And I, and I think that either scenario works if, if done correctly. So uh, that's a good thing, and that keeps us in suspense as, as wrestling fans as to where this match is going to go. As we said earlier, one of the best things going in pro wrestling is, is bad influence. Uh, bad influence and uh, the Extraordinary Gentlemen's Organization formed their own Hall of Fame. Uh, their first inductee, Bobby Roode, as we all know, Kurt Angle being inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame. And all this stuff has started quite a conflict between Angle and Roode. This match, uh, you know, again, another match that I think on paper we're looking at something that could be uh, really special. Uh, Angle out of rehab. He looks great. Um, you know, love what Ego did with the Hall of Fame and Bobby Roode. Uh, you know, there's some hatred. Had a confrontation on Thursday night. Looking forward to this matchup. I, I think this could be a, a very good match tonight, Dave. Yeah, I think it could, too. I mean, Bobby Roode brings a lot to the table. He's one of their top guys, and for a while he'd been kind of pushed off to the side, back burner, so to speak. Um, now he's in a position where, He's getting more television time, being a part of Ego, as well as being in there with a guy of the caliber of Kurt Angle. And I think that tonight, I think this feud's going to go on a little while. I think Kurt Angle's going to, I mean, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame last night. And um, I don't think it's going to be a, uh, a, a sad evening for Kurt Angle. I think Kurt Angle will get the win, but this will continue going, on, going forth with Ego. I think we're also seeing the split. I mean, we talked about it with the with the Magnus Sting story, but with Joe doing his own thing in the X Division title match, Sting and Magnus going at it. Now Angle having a beef with um, 
you know, Ego and more importantly Bobby Roode, I think we're seeing the, the end of the main event mafia, so I think now it's gonna be more or less Kurt Angle and uh Bobby Roode going forward after tonight. Um should be a good match. Kurt Angle always delivers, in my opinion. He's one of the best wrestlers out there at his age. He does some crazy stuff and some stuff he shouldn't be doing with with that with you know the history of his health with his neck. Um, with the broken freaking neck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he, he's crazy. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see you know some some crazy stuff come out of him tonight. Even though it's not like one of those blood feuds, but maybe you know personally he's got something to prove coming back from rehab. This is his first match in the ring. Maybe he wants to try and steal the show and be like, yeah, I may have been gone, but you know when I come back, it, it, <laughs> I mean business sort of thing. You know, he might he might try and do you know like he's like he's done at lockdown with the moon salt off the top of the cage and all the crazy stuff that he's done. So I think tonight we'll see Kurt Angle win, and this 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 feud will extend even further between him and Ego because if you remember, if you watch Thursday night, he had a, he had a running with them, and the main event mafia was nowhere to be found. So it, it, what's going on? Is, is the group still together? Are they all busy doing their own thing now? Have they disbanded? Maybe we'll get some more insight into that after tonight or even tonight. But Kurt Angle over Bobby Roode, he gets the big celebration. He comes back from you know rehab, and he just got inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame last night, which I heard was um, uh, you know a little report I read was a, a interesting ceremony. They're only about. 250 fans that attended, and then you had the uh, the TNA staff and wrestlers in attendance. Um, I heard that uh, Magnus spoke, and Sting spoke, and uh, Samoa Joe, um, his main event mafia brethren, so to speak, and all three guys have had some form of an impact on his career. As a matter of fact, I had read years ago that Sting was one of the guys that talked Kurt Angle into coming into TNA. And Sting and Kurt Angle had not known each other, had not met, but Sting had said that this is a place you want to be and you should come here. And Sting was one of the guys, along with Dixie Carter, to convince Kurt Angle to join TNA. Um, And going back on, you know, Magnus being the future and this whole main event mafia thing being similar to Evolution, Kurt Angle and Sting both have said in multiple, you know, media interviews that Magnus is the guy. Magnus has what it takes, and Magnus has got a bright future in the business, especially in TNA. And it's just fitting that all those guys had spoken at his, at his, uh, at his ceremony last night. It's sad that only 250 people showed up because Kurt Angle is Hall of Fame worthy. But um, I think with, with the weekend surrounding it and everything, I think we'll see Kurt Angle come out on top. I would agree with you. I mean, there's no there's no denying how great Kurt Angle is. I mean, I'm not saying I agree, but if you if you went by the stance that Kurt Angle was the greatest in ring competitor ever, I don't think it's an egregious statement. I mean, he's he's very good, uh, and he's been very good for a long time. Um, I agree with you. I think this is the feel good moment. Um, it's gonna they'll probably show some footage uh, from the Hall of Fame induction and. Uh, he'll, he'll be victorious, and hopefully, you know, they they continue a feud, the the, uh, the two of them. Um, I enjoy, I like, I mean, I'm a big Bobby Roode fan. I like what Bobby Roode brings to the table, uh, everything he does. I, I love heel Bobby Roode, um, and I love what he's doing with uh, with Ego right now. Uh, it's, it's just all, like, it's all working uh, for me. So I, I look for this match to be a, a very good match. And, uh, you know, honestly, Dave, we got... 
two Hall of Famers going at it. TNA Hall of Famer and an Ego Hall of Famer going at it. You know, which which Hall of Fame comes out on top. But that was a that was pretty good stuff when they did their Hall of Fame induction. It, I I I definitely enjoyed it, and I uh, I, I think. I, like I said, Ego's the best thing on TV, and they draw a lot of heat. And as entertaining as, as Daniels and Kazarian can be, they definitely know how to get the people to hate them. And Bobby Roode, the same thing too. And they, the, the Ego name, I think it's, I think it's great. Extraordinary gentleman's organization. I think it's, I, I think it's genius in my opinion. And uh, just overall, this is, to, more importantly to me, this is taking two guys like Christopher Daniels and Kazarian who have over the years, they've done some good stuff in TNA, but they have floundered at times where now they got a permanent niche. This is what really is like made them into like serious players on, on television. And overall it's a thumbs up to the group for me. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be against having another guy in the group if it fits right. But at the same time, if they keep it as the three of them, I'm perfectly fine with it. I would totally agree with you there. I mean, it's they're right. They're the best thing going on on TV. Uh, I don't think we need to overly analyze the match, but uh, we do have a three-way match for TNA knockouts, ODB, uh, Brooke versus Gail Kim. Um, you know, again, a match that, that should be entertaining. Um, can't say it's a match that, you know, I'm not necessarily going to run to the bathroom or, or get some need during the match, but... Uh, should be a decent match uh, for for the sake of making picks. Who do you see coming out on top tonight? I mean, I, get, I mean, I really haven't followed the girls on TNA much because there aren't many of them left. I mean, <laughs> Velvet Sky's been, uh, you know, Chris Saban's valet for a while. She hasn't really been in the mix, and uh, you know, ODB won the title for Mickey James only because Mickey James didn't re-sign her contract with TNA. So. Um, it could be another case where maybe Mickey James returns tonight and has a, has a factor into the match or whoever wins. And I don't know, but ODB just won the belt. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with ODB. I'm kind of agreeing with there. I'm gonna see. I think ODB is gonna win, and uh, you know maybe we have a sighting from. She's uh, now I'm brain farting on it. The uh, the new. Uh, the the large Amazonian woman that's terrorizing the knockouts these days. Oh, she's awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to but she's awful. I mean, like I, that's that's their version of what WWE did with Karma. You know, uh, Awesome Kong. Like, I, she's terrible. I mean, she's a big chick, and I wouldn't really want to mess with her. But she. She's. You could tell she does not look comfortable out there. Like when she screams, it's like it's it 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 just comes off forced to me. Like, like she came out there, she's sloppy. Like she doesn't really have a whole lot of in ring skill, in my opinion. She's very green. I'm not an expert in the ring, but you can tell that she hasn't been in the ring very long. And her father's the Barbarian from the Powers of Pain. So go figure. Um, he wasn't the best technical wrestler himself, but she's got wrestling lineage, and I think that's a reason why they signed her, is because they can say, oh, we got the Barbarian's daughter, and you know we're going to turn her into a big deal, and she's going to be our second generation knockout, or, you know, whatever, but I, she's awful. I can't have enough bad things to say about her. She's terrible. Fucking terrible. Excuse my language. I can't. I, I, I changed the channel. My girlfriend and I were watching a couple weeks ago when she came out, and I figured, who she beat up? And she did, my girlfriend, 
she she knows a, she knows a little bit about wrestling. She's watched over the years, and she's starting to get back into it. And she was just watching that, and she was just like, "This is awful. This is terrible." <laughs> she she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't. Uh, oh, let's get off that subject. She's awful. I mean, we'll probably win. that'll that'll probably be the point where you will have to go to the bathroom is when she shows up. That's like the it's negative, but I think that's the most passion I've ever heard out of you discussing the knockouts. It is. Between them and the Divas over in WWE, yeah, that's probably the longest I've talked about them. If it didn't refer to a, a total Divas, or or if you know, or or or, 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 if, or if Sonny's you know giving out hand jobs at the wrestling conventions, you know, honestly. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. Now, you know what we're gonna do now. Let's let's get back on track. You know, we do this now. We uh, have our pay-per-view Sunday pre-show, so it's it's the only way we have pay-per-views now, but you've heard it before. We'll do it again. Here it goes. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. And it's time for the Ken Reedy Show nod of approval. This is something that, you know, you're watching wrestling and you just kind of nod it to yourself. You're like, yeah, that works. I like where that's going. So, uh, you know, that's uh, just, it could be anything. It could be a promo. It could be a match. It could be uh, a move. It could be anything you want. But it's just something that you just nodded to yourself and said, yeah, that works. So uh, we do this on our pay-per-view, our special pay-per-view pregame shows on Sunday nights, 6 to 8 o'clock. Um, and it's time for an auto approval. So, Dave, who gets your nod this week? Well, we've talked about it a lot on tonight's show, and I'm, I'm going to have to give it to uh, Ego from a few weeks ago on uh, when they did the, um, the Extraordinary Gentlemen's Organization Hall of Fame. More importantly, Daniels and Gazarian. Um I loved when they came out in the orange and blue uh, powder tuxedos, kind of a takeoff from uh, that scene in the Dumb and Dumber movie. They're very creative. Um, they've done a lot of, you know, the, the throwback Thursday gimmicks where they, one week they came out wearing Zubaz and fanny packs like a lot of the wrestlers used to wear in the 80s. Um, very entertaining. I, I loved it when they came out with the tuxedos. It's funny, too, because I sat and I watched it, and my girlfriend, she doesn't, she doesn't really care for TNA, but she's watched the movie. She was like, they're totally doing the Dumb and Dumber thing. And then when they when one of them hit the other one in the back with the cane, and it was funny. I, I liked it because they're, they're a very entertaining crew. And, of course, the rest of the ceremony with the chair, the big the big throne in the middle of the ring, and Bobby Roode coming out. And I just thought it was a really good way to draw heat and to get some more sympathy on uh, Kurt Angle. And then it was a big surprise when he came because it wasn't, you know, a lot of times TNA like to advertise that guys are coming back so that they can hopefully get, uh, a pop in a rating or a buy rate, but Kurt Angle was not advertised to be on the show, and that was a pretty cool surprise. And overall, the segment was just good. But more importantly, Daniels and Kazarian, I just think they're 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 great as a, as a group. I can't say enough good things about them. And uh, with Bobby Roode, it, it really works well together. And the whole, you know, I'd love to see what else they got up their sleeve, like when they decide to do some more mocking of the Throwback Thursday. I think it's it it, it it's it. it it's not ahead of the times, but they, they, they kind of stick with the times and keep up with pop culture, but, you know, mocking it in some ways with the, you know, because a lot of people, 
you know, it's common knowledge. Throwback Thursday is, is meant for, you know, social media in a lot of ways with pictures and, and things of that nature on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So I thought it was pretty cool that they, they kind of mock social media in a way uh, in their gimmick and then, you know, bringing it back to the Dumb and Dumber scene. I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, I just I think it works. I would agree. And, you know, we had Kazarian on the show, and he actually said, you know, he – uh, the quote, I, in, they enjoy uh, making grown men giggle, and that's uh, that's kind of what they do uh, on, a, on a weekly basis. I mean, it's, it's really tremendous what, what they've been able to do with, with uh, those characters, and it's, it's very enjoyable uh, each and every week. But uh, for me, uh, my nod of approval is actually going to Bully Ray uh, for the promo he cut at the end of Impact. Um, I, I thought he cut a really great promo uh, referencing uh, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Um, I, I, I just liked the intensity. I thought he did a lot to uh, put over the pay-per-view, to put over the match, uh, and let's say to put over himself. Um, but I, I thought everything he brought to the table, uh, it was just a real intense um, promo. It was something that, that really gave... Uh, you know, the, the, the match, uh, even more drama. Uh, you know, it really sets up, uh, you know, a guy like AJ with just, you know, everything going against him right now, the ultimate underdog. And uh, I just really, really enjoyed what uh, Bully Ray did for, uh, you know, for the promo, for AJ Styles, and, uh, you know, what he did as far as trying to put over the pay-per-view. So uh, that would get my nod of approval this week. And there you have it. We do this every pay-per-view sunday we have the uh ego hall of fame induction and bully ray's promo at the end of this past impact the ken reedy show not of approval And there you have it. And coming out of that, you know, it's time to talk about the main event tonight at, at Bound for Glory. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting looking at this, this main event because there's, there's a lot of moving parts uh, surrounding what's going on here. And it's, you know, where, where do we go? And when just uh, on another note, breaking news, bad influence wins the first part of the gauntlet match uh, over Chavo and Hernandez. So we'll keep you posted as we get more information. But uh, Bad Influence on their way right now. Uh, but getting back to the main event, uh, like I said, a lot of moving parts in this match. Um, there is the repackaging and new character of AJ Styles. There's uh, Bully Ray, the champion. There's also Bully Ray, the president of Ace and Eights. Um, there is Dixie Carter, Dixie Carter's new uh, character change. Uh, there's a lot of things spinning around this match. Um, on paper, and what these two guys can do in the ring, this should be a great main event. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But there is a big chance, or, or, or I didn't say big chance, but there is a lot of room for error in this, in this matchup and uh, maybe overthinking it and having uh, – interference or too much interference um i'd like to see these guys just go um so i'm looking forward i'm hoping the tna uh does the right thing uh as far as suspense goes with this match and the way it's been set up i'm under and i guess i'll just put my pick out there i i don't see many scenarios where an aj styles does not come out on top i think this is 
even as we, we continue to say that, you know, it was a mixed bag with AJ's character change, uh, some good, some bad, but everything has to culminate with him finally, uh, you know, in a TNA original, vanquishing uh, Bully Ray, and he has to come out on top with the, the TNA title. So I'm looking for AJ to win. I'm hoping there's not too much shenanigans in this match. Uh, should be a very good main event, but uh, lots, of, lots of ancillary stuff surrounding this match tonight, Dave. Yeah, there's there's a lot of factors. One that you didn't even bring up that we that we can delve into that we kind of talked about um, earlier in the show was the Hulk Hogan factor. Granted, it's knowledge he is not signed, and there is still there hasn't really been some finality, so to speak, between him and Bully Ray. There really hasn't been any kind of a blow off between the two of them. Um, Hogan's contract happened to run out, and they were kind of going in this direction with Bully and Styles. So, and I've said before that TNA has a history of making you think one thing and then they do the other, and it's possible that they may have Hogan signed and they didn't advertise him and they want to surprise people that he made an appearance and maybe he'll cost Bully Ray the title um, and AJ will walk out. I do agree with you with the way the story has played out with AJ Styles and him, you know, rising and then falling and then coming back again, it only makes sense for him to leave Bound for Glory as the TNA champion. I think he will tonight. That's my prediction. I'm going to go with AJ Styles. I'm even going to go further with it and because this is very reminiscent of the uh, the, the CM Punk storyline in, in the summer of 2011. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something similar with AJ leaving with the TNA title. He is not under contract on television, as Dixie would say. And he leaves with the title, and the, the image to close out is that he's walking out with the belt and he's not under contract, and Dixie's got a big, uh, a, a big problem on her hands. And then it moves forward after impact. I, um, and some other, some other instances, too. Mr. Anderson, the vice president of Aces and Ace, he was drummed out of the club by Bully, and there's rumors that he has re-signed a deal, and there was talk, I even reported it on the Facebook page, that he would possibly return at tonight's pay-per-view or at the Impact tapings um, this week. It's possible he may have some involvement and cost Bully Ray the title. It may be Nux and, and uh, Bischoff's kid get involved and cost Bully Ray the title, and you see the end of the Aces and Eights. I think we'll see the end of the Aces and Eights tonight, and I think we'll see AJ Styles walk out as a champion, I think we'll see a great match. The two of them had a phenomenal last man standing match at Slammiversary a couple of years ago. They're capable of good things together. It makes a lot of sense that AJ's in this position for the title. I just don't like the backstory surrounding it with the whole thing with Dixie and they're trying to work a shoot and all this other stuff. I just, it just doesn't really sit with me because he's got there's so much more potential for better things that they only need to involve her in the storyline. But needless to say. I think we'll see some shenanigans. I think we'll see. It's going to be no disqualification, so you know that there's going to be, as Dusty Rhodes would say, some plunder um, involved in the match between both guys. I just hope there's not a whole lot of shenanigans from outside factors. And um, I think we'll see another feel-good moment to end the pay-per-view with AJ Styles finally getting that redemption and, and being the man in TNA. Um, and he, it's rumored that, you know, Tony mentioned earlier in his call that he's not under contract for very long, just till December. So they have a couple of months to re-sign him if they really want to. And I think it would be in their best interest to do that. He's their homegrown guy. He's the guy. He's the flagship. 
He's the one that, that really started it all with them. And it, it would be dumb on their part to take a guy who helped them get to where they are now because he had a lot to do with getting them to where they are now for them not to sign him. Um, so maybe giving him the TNA title would be a summer of a reward and a way to entice him to stay with TNA. Um, but, you know, who knows what their thinking is. They've been making a lot of cost-cutting measures as of late. So I expect to see a really good match. The, it wouldn't surprise me if Hogan returned and cost Bully the match and finally got his revenge on Bully too. But there can't be a good outcome at the end of the night for Bully Ray and the Aces and Ace. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because you're saying, like, this will be the end of the Ace and Ace, uh, you know, I... For all intents and purposes, uh, Ace and Eight's done. I mean, that's like Tony said. I mean, it, it's it's just kind of fizzled out. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be shenanigans. I just hope it's not too much. Um, you know, as much as it'll be a cool moment, it is going to look like a copy if you see uh, AJ running out of the arena through the crowd with, with the title and he's not under contract. Um, I agree with you. You need to uh, – he's the guy. I mean, he's the guy right now, um, you know, and if nothing else, and get credit Bully Ray a lot for being, uh, you know, such a great heel, um, but, you know, I mean, AJ's getting some decent pops when he comes out, you know, it's been hit or miss over uh, the months with this new AJ Styles, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's working, you know, at least live, um, so I agree with you, like, we're looking for that feel-good moment at the end of the pay-per-view, but, uh, yeah, there's so many things surrounding this matchup that, uh, you know, two guys that really can work well together, but I, I, I'm just hoping they don't screw the pooch with, with just too much stuff going on. I mean, with, with, with Bischoff and Nux, you know, I, I get it. Um, you know, but I do, I, I don't need to see them get involved. If, if there's, any involvement with them whatsoever tonight, all I'd want to see from them is for, like, Bully Ray to give the signal for them to come down to the ring and then to come out on the ramp and then turn around and walk backstage. You know, it's just, it, there's, there's just too much surrounding it. Um, you know, I think we, we want to see a clear-cut victor here. And, and it's time. I mean, Bully Ray has done such a good job uh, at building this heel persona. Um, you know, it's it's just time for the hero to to vanquish uh, the evil doer. Now, if if all the reports we're hearing right now is true and AJ is under contract through December, um, you know, he's still if they don't sign him, I mean, I don't think his contract status should impact what should happen tonight. If he's if he's actually not signed, I, I mean, you would think right now that they would have taken care of that, but who knows what's going on in the front offices? I mean, maybe. Maybe he's signed for the next three years and, and TNA is keeping it all a secret. Who knows? But if the rumors we're hearing is true, I still don't think that should impact at all on how this pay-per-view should end. It, the only thing it impacts is whether AJ Styles is going to hold on to this belt for the next couple months or if they're going to give him a long-standing run with it. But to me, it's like the, the right man for the job right now is for AJ Styles to go over Bully Ray. You know, you can set them up again. There's obviously going to be a rematch. Um, and who knows, with, with all the other factors going on, with Ace and Ace uh, blowing up, Dixie Carter in the mix, uh, Mr. Anderson coming back, uh, there's a lot of directions you can go moving forward. But uh, I'm looking forward, Dave, to a, a really good match between the two of these guys. And, um, 
you know, AJ coming out victorious. I'm curious, like, your your thoughts on, on tonight's match. And, and uh, for TNA, as far as this match goes and the pay-per-view as a whole, what's, what's worst-case scenario for TNA? Um, I mean, I don't know. There's potential to have great matches on the card. Um, I, I mean, I guess the worst-case scenario is finishes that don't make sense. Um, a finish for AJ Styles to lose, and by all rights and purposes, after tonight on television in the storyline, he's no longer under contract with TNA. Um, but where do you go after that? You're going to have him showing up every week at the building trying to get in to get his revenge for losing the title, or maybe I don't know. Um, I just hope that you know, with everything, especially with the way the Aces and Aces run roughshod over the company over the past year, that there is finally an end game to this, and I think it has to happen tonight. Especially the circumstances with you know the AJ Styles and his storyline and his character development over the past several months, that it only makes sense for him to. To, to walk away the champion. If he were to lose, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, let's put it this way. A lot of people in the internet are going to be pretty pissed if Hulk Hogan walks out and has something to do with the match. And, and I'm not going to be one of them, but there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to totally crap all over it if he were to be involved somehow, some way. Um, worst case scenario, for, for at least for them. For me, bad wrestling if the matches aren't good. Um, and terrible storyline development if you know the, the if they do something just to do it and there's no reason behind it it doesn't make sense like last year matt morgan made a surprise appearance and helped joey ryan beat al snow and he came back on tv and he had a mission to to, to take out hulk hogan and 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 be a be a star what happened after that he had little instances with him and Hogan showing up uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the camera shots together, and, and, and he stole the robe that Hogan wore when he wrestled Andre at Shea Stadium. And, but they didn't do anything after stuff like that. Morgan would appear here and there, but they had no concrete plan. You know, if they bring somebody out tonight to, to return or debut or whatever, have, have a plan for it. Apparently they're going to – this um, – Ethan Carter the third is supposed to play the nephew of Dixie Carter. He's supposed to make an appearance tonight at Battle Glory. I don't know if he's going to wrestle, or I don't know if he's going to um, interfere in a match, or if he's just going to come out and showboat that he's there. But have a plan with this guy. Um, you've built him up with these vignettes as him being somewhat of a big deal, and he's going to come to TNA. If you're going to bring him out tonight, do something with him. Don't just bring them out so that you can have another reason for us to watch the pay-per-view because there's not going to be a reason for me to watch it if he does absolutely nothing. You know, make his make his make his debut important if you're going to put some stock into him. There's been rumors that they've been wanting to get new talent um, and 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 really kind of switch things up a bit. Well, you got a chance with this guy. Don't screw it up. You know, you already screwed it up with me when you brought a briefcase out with fake money that looked like you'd, you know, out of a Monopoly game board. It was ridiculous. That's another awful thing on top of Lady Papa was that was the money in that briefcase. I'm not trying to be negative on TNA, but it's it, to me as a wrestling viewer, I want to I want to suspend my disbelief, not sit here and try and correct every mistake they make on TV. So just make sure. I mean, to me. 
Make sure that whatever you're doing, there's direction towards it, and you're not just doing it just to gain a short-term pop or, you know, have people talk about it for a minute or two and then be forgotten about. Agreed. And just, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're down right now, but the Bromans have won the tag team gauntlet match. Breaking oh. news. Oh, <laughs> really? I'm glad yep, I'm the bromance. Oh, I'm glad I'm not So, yeah, oh. I mean, again, and, and you bring up a good point, and that's that's where, and you know, could someone hashtag mixed bag uh, out there on the Facebook? But uh, you know, again, like you, you brought up, and I think that's that's part of it. Like you, you just you got so much talent and, and really good matches set up that that TNA wants to. You got to come out of this match feeling strong. You want wrestling fans to, you know, to come out and be, you know, talking about, you know, uh, that X division match, match of the year candidate, definitely match of year candidate. You know, the whole the whole event, pay per view of the year candidate. You know, you want to, you want the internet and internet wrestling fans and wrestling fans as a whole coming out tonight thinking that. And you don't want them nitpicking. Uh, certain silly things, and that, and Dave, you bring up a really great point at the end of Impact. Look, I thought Bully Ray. Look, my nod of approval. Bully Ray's promo was awesome. Let's face it, AJ Styles is tremendous in the ring, one of the greats in the ring. But you know what? His promo skills are hit or miss. I thought he cut a good promo that night. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good, solid contract signing. Uh, it had all the elements. It got you excited for the pay per view. Everything about that contract signing at the end of Impact was working. It was working well. And then you had a little physicality that all was like, that was cool. This, this works. And then all of a sudden, there's a briefcase full of Monopoly money. Like, why do you, like, and, you know, and like you're saying, like, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to be critical. Like, I want, I want to like this. I'm a wrestling fan. I want to like this. I want Impact to end where I am like, I am so pumped to see Bound for Glory on Sunday. And they take this really great moment where they have successfully put over the main event of their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And for whatever reason, someone decided it would be a good idea to rip open the, the briefcase, have fake money spill out everywhere. And by the way, make sure that the camera is close enough to get a really good shot of how fake the money is. And, and that's the thing that kind of kills you sometimes with, with TNA, that you're, you're all set and you're psyched and you're pumped and something's really working, and then something kind of pulls, pulls the rug out from under you. And, and now, you know, it's funny. We'll see what happens, and not that they're horrible, but, you know, I think a lot of us out there would have uh, loved to see Bad Influence uh, at least have a shot at the tag team titles and what they could have done having the straps, and now we're going in with the, the Bromans getting a, a, a tag team title shot. So, uh, you know, it's funny, man. I mean, you know, we, we made our picks, but now knowing what the match is, uh, I'm looking for no drama between uh, the two uh, tag team title holders, at least for now, and I, I would look for Storm and uh, Gunner to retain. Your thoughts on that match now that you know that uh, who the champs are wrestling? Well, before I get into that, let me just say this. As far as the fake money goes, whoever used the paper cutter to make these bills should be fired because the bills, some of the bills were bigger than the other ones. They looked like stacks of bricks. There weren't like, you could see that like some dollar bills were bigger than the other ones. It was like, it was like they had a four-year-old take a paper cutter and, and, and cut it and it, some of them didn't even look right. That, 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 that's, 
that's the first thing I'd like to get off my chest. If, if you're out there and you're listening, you should be fired because that was awful and that was ridiculous. Second thing, you're not paying Hulk Hogan anymore. It's $2 million a year. You couldn't, you couldn't strounge up $50,000 to keep in a briefcase just for 30 seconds on TV if that's what you really wanted to do. You had to go out to the dollar store and find fake money to put in a briefcase. <laughs> Is that your cost-cutting measure that you're doing? You release all this talent from the company and let them go as cost-cutting measures, and then you go out and you buy fake money? How cheap are you? I work in the restaurant industry. I've worked with cheap people before, but that's pretty low right there. You had a guy that was on your payroll making $2 million a year, and this is what you do? You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm sorry for being critical, but that's the way it is. As far as the tag team title match goes, yes, I do agree with you. I think we'll see Storm and Gunner retain the titles, but I don't think they'll have them for very long. I think somebody will come along the way and take the titles from them. I still see some dissension between the two of them at some point. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they gave those two idiots, Robbie E and, and that, whatever that guy's name is. I don't even know his name. Uh, what's his come name? Come on, Mr. Pectacular. Oh, please, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Craptacular right there. Are you kidding me? If they gave those guys the belt, they'd be a shame. Uh, Robbie E., the Jersey Shore gimmick has worn out its welcome, all right? It's worn out its welcome. Paulie D didn't have hair as big as he did. Jersey Shore's not even on TV anymore, and you're still playing on a gimmick like that? Give me a break. I agree. I mean, I think it's, it's you know, it's, again, I still want to be optimistic. So uh, with about three minutes left in the program, if you had to make a prediction as far as what you're going to be thinking Come uh, going into tomorrow's show, coming out of Bound for Glory, are are you uh, optimistic, pessimistic, cautiously optimistic? Uh, what are you, are you going to be happy about what happened tonight? Uh, what what do you think uh, you're going to be feeling tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't really tell you what I'm going to feel tomorrow because I, I I'm going to have to watch the pay per view if I if I want to you know have some sort of emotion. Um, I mean, I think we'll see solid matches. I think we'll be scratching our head at a couple of things, but I think we'll also be surprised by a couple of things, and we'll be we'll be we'll be happy and content with a few things. Um, I'd like to be surprised, but in a good way. I don't want a, a surprise that's not going to make any sense, or it's going to make me go, "Why did they do that?" So, um, I think it's going to be a mixed bag of emotions um, as far as. Uh, tonight's pay-per-view goes and the thoughts and what goes on. But um, other than the other than the tag team match, I think I'm pretty I, – I, I'm confident that my predictions will come through. I will say that. I, I, you know, it's funny because I guess I'd say that I'm cautiously optimistic I, and I'm nervous going into this pay-per-view as, as a wrestling fan because I do uh... – I don't know, I, I just, I feel like, I, you know, yeah, like I guess, you know, you hit the nail on the head with the term, like there's, there's going to be some head scratchers. I, I just, you know, I, I'm hoping at least that coming out of tonight that we're not scratching our head as far as the results of the main event. Uh, I'm really, as far as, uh, you know, my hope for TNA and them moving forward as a company, I really want to see them deliver on that main event. Uh, you know, bumps in the road, but... Uh, say what you will about the Ace and Eight storyline. Uh, you know, it, it did successfully build uh, Bully Ray into this monster heel. And, uh, you know, again, bumps in the road. But we've seen some good stuff out of AJ Styles as far as the, the repackaging of AJ. And, and this is time. It's time to see uh, 
a TNA original come away uh, with uh, the championship. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, Bound for glory. Tonight is the night. We're already we're in the hole one because we, we predicted bad influence, but the bromans are going to be going on to uh, face the tag team title holders. Uh, looking forward to a pay-per-view tonight. With about a minute left, Dave, any last words on what we're going to see tonight? Some good wrestling, some head-scratching, and uh, overall, I think I, – I, I think this this pay-per-view, especially with everything that's gone on behind the scenes in TNA, really needs to deliver and really needs to get people to think that there's a chance that these guys can get out of their own way and move forward and grow as a company. I agree with you. That That is, you know, nail on the head right there. A lot of negative press with TNA. TNA needs to deliver tonight. It's their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Kick-ass wrestling, looking forward to them, facilitating storylines in the right way, looking forward to tonight. Great show tonight, Dave, as always, and we are set here on our way. It is time for Bound for Glory. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow night at 6.30. For Dave, I'm Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.